Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. All right. In the spotlight this Monday evening, of course, the headlines that we will be talking about this week. And that one of them will be the Tres Amigos Summit, as they call it. Mm. The U.S. President Joe Biden in Mexico this week, along with Justin Trudeau of Canada. The two men are uh, going to be meeting with the Mexican president there as well with the North American Summit. Uh, Rich Preston is joining us from London. Rich, what will this summit be able to achieve? Well, uh, good question, Timothy. There's uh, various things on the agenda. Two big ones are migration and trade. Now, on the migration front, you know, you think about North America, you think about migration, and you think about complaints from America about the number of people coming over the border from Mexico. And indeed, lots of people do come over the border from Mexico, but they're not from Mexico mm-hmm. themselves. They tend to be from El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, Ecuador, Venezuela, Mexico is just the travel, uh, the country they travel through. Now, last week, President Biden released details of a new plan of his to allow around 30,000 people a month to enter the U.S., but he also made it easier to send people back to Mexico. Now, the problem Mexico has got is it's seen its numbers of people seeking asylum in the country rise in the last few years. So it wants help from America in dealing with the number of people trying to settle in Mexico. Meanwhile, Canada, watching from the sidelines, is losing valuable skills and talent. It's had a major brain drain in Uh recent years. And so it wants to welcome new migrants to come and fill some of these job vacancies and take up the labour market, which takes us nicely onto the topic of trade. Now, this concerns all three countries. Together, they represent a third of global GDP. Last year, America spent $3 million a minute trading with its neighbours. U.S. trade with Canada and Mexico has doubled its trade with China, so it's a big deal for the United States. Now, there used to be this thing called NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement that was born out of George H.W. Bush. You may remember Donald Trump ripped that up mm-hmm. when he was in office and replaced it with the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. Now, there's various trade topics that we're going to be looking at in particular. Now, one is electric cars. Of course, we're expecting those to boom in the year ahead. And uh, auto industry manufacturing is big business in Mexico. Now, personal example, I live in London. I drive a German car. It was made in Mexico. And likewise, many of the cars sold on the streets of Canada and the United States are made in Mexico. So the leaders want to ensure that it's a smooth process to get those vehicles from Mexico to their countries. Canada is looking at boosting its economic partnerships with Mexico. Uh, At the moment, it's just over $41 billion in two-way merchandise. Uh, Mexico is Canada's third largest uh, trading partner, and it wants to increase the amount of trade it does uh, with Mexico. So uh, lots of topics up for discussion there, but there are also some issues to be ironed out. One of them is energy. Washington accuses Mexico of discriminating against U.S. energy companies, so mm-hmm. there are discussions to be had there. There's also conversations around corn. Mexico is the largest importer of corn in the world. Much of it comes from the U.S., but Mexico recently imposed restrictions on U.S. corn imports, So Joe Biden will want to see if he can reverse some of those. 
And then there's other topics as well. Security, for example, we recently saw U.S. agencies involved in the capturing of Mexican drug traffickers on Mexican soil. There's things like pandemic preparedness, climate security. And on a more positive note, the 2026 World Cup, because Canada, (laughs) Mm. Mexico and the U.S. will be jointly hosting the 2026 World Cup. The first time that's happened, the largest World Cup in history, 48 countries playing, could generate $5 billion in economic activity for the region. So lots up for discussion Mm. there. The thing is, Rich, while all of these things might be discussed, can we expect any firm commitments on any of these issues in order to really solve the problems? For example, the immigration issue. Yeah, I think all three leaders will want to come to some agreement. And the reason I say that is because during the Donald Trump presidency, these three Amigos summits didn't happen. Donald Trump right. did not want to take part in the three Amigos summit. And so this is, this is only the second one that we've had in five years. And therefore, all the three leaders, Justin Trudeau, Joe Biden, and Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, they all have a vested interest in proving to the world that these summits mean something, that they matter. And they've all pledged to, to come to agreements on things like migration. You know, Joe Biden's uh, promised last week his, his new migration plan. He said that that was after discussion with Andres Manuel Lopez mm. Obrador. So all three men want to prove that these summits can do something, that they mean something. So I think we might see some agreement. I mean, yes. looking at it from the sidelines, as you said, with Canada wanting more immigrants and, you know, both of those countries not wanting any more, they can just all go to Canada. I mean, Canada mm. just the broke redistribution. the record. 430,000 <laughs> immigrants. Wouldn't uh, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be lovely if it was that simple? <laughs> I, wish it, you know, I really wish it was because Canada does need a <laughs> lot more people. Yeah, and there's, of course, so much space in Canada. Exactly. And generally, Canada is seen as, as pretty opening and pretty welcoming mm. uh, to migrants, even economic migrants. Um, the problem is that lots of people heading for the U.S., whether they come from Guatemala, Venezuela, they've got family in the U.S. already. That's a big pull factor for lots of people. Mm. Um, and so what the U.S. and Canada really have to do is figure out a way to, in many ways, make the U.S. less attractive <laughs> and make Canada more attractive. Well, you've also as trade flows increase, there would be a greater attractiveness factor, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, take the auto industry, for example. If Mexico and Canada are able to come up with some agreement that sees, I don't know, vehicles manufactured in Mexico, but they're finished off in Canada, maybe there's a skills Mm. exchange that can go on there. You've also got to consider, though, the distance as well. Now, many of these people traveling to the U.S. from Guatemala, Honduras, etc., they've done it on foot. I've been in eastern Mexico, and I've seen these groups of young men walking to the United States. That is one hell of a journey. Mm. And just imagine when you get to America being told you come all this way, you just have a few more thousand miles to go, then you're in Canada. So there are logistical issues as well. Mm. Lots up for discussion. I don't think we're going to see this issue finalized this week, but it's definitely going to be the focus of it. Something they can work on. Now, there's one couple that uh, Canada didn't want and <laughs> shipped back to the U.S. would be Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Now, uh, Prince Harry's memoir is going to be officially released today, but we've heard a lot about it already. Yes, we have. There have been the leaks that have come out last week. And four TV interviews, a Netflix series, Mm. the Oprah Winfrey interview last year. Many will be wondering, is there anything more to learn? Nonetheless, I think this book is going to sell very, very well. And in fact, many people are questioning whether these leaks last week were indeed leaks 
or whether they were strategically planned early releases, we'll drop a few books here, we'll mm. leak a few paragraphs here, because uh, many are saying it's, it's, done, it's going to do the book sale wonders to have built up all this hype ahead of schedule and for it to go on in such a prolonged fashion. I mean, this has dominated the UK front pages the last week. It's still on every single one of the front pages today, with the exception of the Financial Times. It really is grabbing many conversations. Um, So the book goes on sale tomorrow, as you said. I I think lots of people will be going out to pick up a copy and to read for themselves what Harry has to say. These claims of drug taking, these allegations of being assaulted by his brother, the accusations around how his wife Meghan has been treated by the family. And I use those words carefully claims, allegations, accusations, because this is just Harry's side of the story. This is his personal memoir, his personal book, his personal interviews he's done, and Kensington Palace and Buckingham Palace have not responded. They say they will not comment on the issues he's raised, and that's pretty normal. They don't tend to get dragged down in the mud in these kind of ways. Um, There are also much more personal testimonies in there about the death of his mother, but also quite controversial things, such as how many people he claims to have killed while serving in Afghanistan. Many military leaders saying that was really unprofessional to do Mm. that, not something they would have done. They don't think it makes the British Army or Prince Harry look very good. Now, the other criticism is that when they stepped back from royal duties in 2020, Harry and his wife Meghan said that they did that because they wanted to become financially independent. Mm. Many are questioning whether this is how they intend to achieve that. <laughs> a Netflix series, the Oprah Winfrey interview, a book, four broadcast interviews. Maybe Meghan's going to release a book in a couple of years' time. Who knows? Mm. So Harry and Meghan, whilst they do have a lot of public sympathy in the UK and there are lots of people who like them, it seems to me like they're not doing themselves any favours. And the public sympathy seems to be shifting slightly towards the royal family, which, of course, last year saw the death of the Queen. This year, we'll see the coronation of King Charles. So public mood towards Harry and Meghan, certainly here in the UK, seems to be shifting. And uh, the interviews he's done and, and this book release... Lots of personal stories that many people are saying should have remained personal. Mm. Um, anyway, the book's out tomorrow. We'll see what people have to say. Certainly, there is no indication that they're upskilling or reskilling <laughs> so in other be? ways to get a new job, to get new jobs. So it looks like they're going to milk this all they can, doesn't it? Uh, in regard to sympathies moving towards the royal family instead of to them, does it even matter? As long as people pick up the book, watch the Netflix series, that's good enough, right? Absolutely. That's a a very legitimate point. I mean, they're living very comfortably in L.A. I'm sure Netflix would be happy to do a second series with them. (laughs) They've got this uh, production company where they they want to um, put out more children's books. That would do very well. You know, there is something attached to the royal brand of Harry and Meghan. They are creating this, this Harry and Meghan brand. So in many ways, yes, you're right. It doesn't matter what they do. Someone will pay money for it. Someone will pay for the pictures. And of course, the irony here is that's exactly what happened to Harry's mum. You know, someone was willing to pay for the mm-hmm. pictures. Someone was willing to pay for the story. So he, when he talks with such sorrow about the death of his mum, it seems in many ways that he, he's playing to that same press crowd that he blames you for, gotta, for the death of his mum. you got to wonder, though, after all the things they've talked about uh, against the royal family, looking ahead in the future, will they have anything else to talk about to blame them for? You know, well, Harry has said he, 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 you know, forgiveness is important to him. He wants to be close to his father. He wants to be close to his brother. But that there's unfinished business. There's, hmm. you know, things that need to be fixed and sorted out. And he says that 
he and Went Megan have been silenced and the, the royal family has kind of played against them. And he's kind of been forced into releasing his side of the story this way. Um, and that he would like to, to join the family again. Mm. In a few years, there'll be a new trajectory to follow, I'm sure, I'm on sure, this road. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time today, Rich. Appreciate it. Rich Preston, Senior World News Reporter and Presenter. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.